now, will you? What do you think I am, a reindeer? Hey, welcome to Neighbors Trash, and we just want to say welcome to everyone who's joining us today, and who will be joining us in the future. I'm Paul, um, Kelly is co-hosting as always. Get to and... explaining the plot of Rover Dangerfield. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I was gonna say it. So, Rover Dangerfield <laughs> is the. Gee, I guess we're jumping right into it, huh? Rover Dangerfield's the film we're talking about. Are oh, you want to get out of here because you're tired? No, I was joking. Oh, okay. Rover Dangerfield is a dog. Uh, he was. You can anime. tell me how your day was. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> how was your day? That's fine. Was it? Thanks for asking. No problem. Yeah. yeah, my day was fine. I didn't really do anything. You know, I walked. It snowed. I had a nice time. It Whatever. snowed? Yeah, it snowed a lot. It's snowing right it now. It snow here. My... We live in two different places. Yeah. One that snows and one that doesn't. Yeah. It snowed a lot. It's still snowing. It's snowing right it's now. It's supposed to snow next week for us. It's supposed to stay cold. So I'm hoping uh, for some snow days. That might be Christmassy. Yeah. It's weird that Christmas is next week. And... Mm-hmm. It's exciting. Do you We're... think that Rover Dangerfield is a Christmas movie? No. God, no. Well, see, I thought it was. And then I, I watched know. it. I'm like, it's not at all. Like, it's, it's not. barely Christmas. I believe I that think... they uh, made it we Christmas. We just re- remember the Christmas scene. And so it feels very Christmassy. But it's not a Christmas movie. <clears throat> yeah, because I, I mean, the end of it all takes place during Christmas, you know, uh, not Christmas. It takes place during winter. There's a lot of snow yeah. and stuff, but it's not like it's br- only briefly Christmas. Yeah. And, and like this, the big song uh, that everybody liked, the Never Do It on a Christmas Tree song, is uh, it makes it feel like it's Christmas <laughs> even when things yeah. go wrong. Um, I I interrupted you, but you can tell everybody what Rover Dangerfield is. Okay, well, it's a <laughs> 1991 uh, direct to home video animated feature uh, starring uh, Rodney Dangerfield as Rover Dangerfield, the dog. I believe he at least uh, co-wrote and uh, starred in this film. It was a passion project of his. It's supposed to be rated R. I saw um, that. Yeah, so that's and it. Why... Very much feels like a movie that was supposed to be more raunchy than it was, yeah. and then was suddenly a children's movie. Right, it's it's not designed as a children's movie at all. Well, we talked about. Um, there's no structure to this show, so we talked about the turkey. Um, so we're just gonna start there real quick because the the uh, when he kills he kills a turkey. Should we start there? Is that too? No. We shouldn't. <laughs> I All thought right. we were going to start talking about the film in general. So let's start from the beginning <laughs> so it makes sense in context. Uh, I just thought like our, the format of our show is just like, if you have a thought, go ahead and say it, you know? No. No? <laughs> I was mistaken. I apologize. So starting off from the beginning. So yes, this was supposed to be an R-rated film um you can definitely tell there's a lot of raunchy stuff as uh, kelly and i discussed it's strange that this dog uh just kind of walks like a human um so the way he's animated he's very much a dog but he sort of has human uh, things that he does he's like snoopy i guess you know so rover dangerfield is a is a movie it's about a I think he is, what kind of dog is he supposed to be? Do you know? I don't know dogs. He's okay. Smell hound. A smell hound. He's owned by a Vegas showgirl. And so he grew up in the streets of Vegas. Well, at the very beginning, you're supposed to believe he's like in the streets of Vegas. Then you slowly learn that he's owned by this woman who right. comes out of nowhere. So um, she owns Rover and he's, right. he's a very Vegasy dog. He has Vegas friends. He's always doing for the pokers. Right. And he's out he's on the tables. 
He's right. got a little little sidekick that laughs at all his jokes. But then Connie leaves uh, Rover with her awful, weird-looking Why boyfriend. Why did she do that? Why did who, she trust see, this man? Like, this is not the kind of boyfriend that you leave like your pets with. He, no. He's very unstable. He didn't even come to her birthday at the very beginning. <laughs> but she leaves... He, she leaves Rover with this man for two weeks, but Rover interrupts a, a gambling deal that the guy. You're getting doing. it out of order. I'm sorry to interrupt here, but he what discovered this deal before she left him with him. So uh, I don't think that was important enough. To, yes, it was. Uh, yes, it cut was. into my synopsis. Because anyway, you're, you're getting anyway, the. Anyway, all right. I'm just doing a general synopsis. Go ahead. Guy throws him into the Hoover Dam. Fishermen yeah. get Rover out of the Hoover Dam, bring right. him to a, a farm, and then Rover is on the farm, and then that's when the story really begins. Yes. That's where we really kick it into high gear. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is that is true. So uh you're right that it's um it was kind of all of a sudden that that lady, what's the lady's name? You said Connie. It. Connie, that she sort of appeared in there because originally she was, well, we, yeah, we thought he was just kind of out on his own, you know? Because at Cause the very the, beginning, he's just doing a poker game with Bones with a bunch right. of other dogs on the street. So you're led to believe that he's just a street dog. He's out in the middle of the streets. Right. <clears throat> and then and you're it, like, okay, he's a street dog that like vaguely knows the showgirl because we see him with a bunch mm -hmm. of showgirls at the beginning. But then it's like we're led to believe that he is her dog and lives there. Mm -hmm. <coughs> right. And Which it seems like he has a pretty me. comfortable life. And we're yeah. all like, it seems like we were led to believe. Does his little friend live with Connie as well? What's yes. his deal? Okay. Eddie, well, Eddie also lives with Connie, as we see later when they're both in the house. And right. Eddie is on one couch and Rover is on the other. Okay, so they have, they have a pretty comfortable life. They made it seem like they lost all their bones in a, you know, uh, in a poker match, and it seemed like it was a bigger deal than it actually was because he just went home and ate dinner and went to bed. Didn't seem like it really affected them too much, you know. But to to your point, <laughs> <laughs> what was that pause? I I was waiting for you to keep talking. Hmm. I didn't know your thought was over. It was barely a pause. Uh, you brought up that it is weird that he's walking around like a, a human as a dog. Right. And it's especially weird because every other dog is very dog-like in this yes. movie. Yes. So yeah. there's several other dogs. All of them are drawn more like, <clears throat> um, more dog-like. Rover has very Rodney Dangerfield features. Yes, he does. Especially and he walks around like a human. <clears throat> right. And it's very creepy because he's, he's almost too dog for the scenes with connie because he like right. licks her face and as soon as he does you're like Ugh. he's too like, human it, for those things. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, too yeah. human to be licking a woman's right. face and so you're kind of like you and then later he's supposed mm -hmm. to get with a, a dog his own like a his own species of dog and then that's like Ugh, because he's too human to be with right. a dog because he's walking around he's like with a pack of dogs at the end of the movie and he's just kind of strolling around you know on two feet and they're all walking it's like they're not the same creature yeah yeah it feels like and yeah he's very rod uh, rodney dangerfield especially in the eyes um like he's very expressive and uh he looks exactly like rod and he's also like the only cartoon character to be honest with you like yeah. everybody else is very much like pretty drawn pretty realistically especially the humans besides rocky i guess the boyfriend who's just from a different planet entirely but like he's like from like a, a horror movie and rod uh rovers from a, a very disney cartoon and everybody else just kind of exists as if they were actual humans and and dogs you know yeah it's almost like a disney movie got like mixed up with like a comic book movie yeah because that's the style of the uh all the humans is very comic book and then right, all, right. as well as that, like the other animals are also drawn in a different style. So there's like the comic book of yeah. the people. They're all very, um, I, I don't know. They're like, all of their features are very realistic. 
Mm-hmm. And then you get to the dogs, which are kind of a little bit Disney-ish, but maybe they're more like Don Bluthy. Um, mm-hmm. So they got like that Don Bluth feel. And then you get like Rover, which has got, he's got the big eyes. So he, he he's super Disney. So you're like, are, did three different animation studios like get together and was, like <clears throat> couldn't decide who got to win. So they just kind of like <laughs> threw it all together. Right. That's what it feels like. Um. Yeah, and that's how they like they approached it. Like all the animals are just don't feel like they exist together. Yeah. Um, even like yeah, there's a couple like chickens and roosters, I guess, that are more like they fit with Rodney, but like the dogs do not, or Rover. Um. So that is so. Strange. Was okay. When was Rodney Dangerfield's like big? Like when was he popular? That I I would say like he spanned the eighties because he was like Caddyshack, and then he had uh, his other hit movies, and then I think that's what that's when he he's like a comedian in in the seventies, and then he uh or you know he blew up in the eighties, and then uh and then he kind of I don't yeah he was probably sort of on his way out of of prominence around this time. Okay, because like it's funny. That he's like coming back to like get, and as we already discussed, like this movie was supposed to be like a rated R movie. So this was supposed Mm -hmm. to be for adults. But it's funny, like around this same time period, he would have done his Simpsons episode. And I think that was a little later, Mm -hmm. and this movie. So it's like, like, it's weird that he was like coming back for the kid market. It's just like, it's important to me that the kids know who Rodney Dangerfield is. Because what kind of basis did we have for this character as kids? Because we definitely saw this movie before we saw anything that Rodney Dangerfield was in. For sure. and So we're seeing yeah. this character without any context to Rodney Dangerfield at all. Right. Yeah, and I, I mean, I remember liking it. It didn't seem weird to me. And I guess you kind of knew that he was a guy, right? Like, just like, oh, he's the the no respect guy. Yeah, I guess everyone did know that. I don't get no respect. And they knew, like, the tie straightening thing. Right. But we don't know. We didn't know him well enough to, like, be like, oh, finally, a children's movie that's centric around Rodney Dangerfield. Right, right. I get that. But, yeah, that kind of, that's weird because it's, like, how much context do you need, though, for the that kind kind of stuff? Because it's, like, you don't really question. It's, like, yeah, he's just kind of a weird guy you know like i don't know but why the question like would, that. <laughs> the question would be who is this movie for well i did that i think that's the problem i don't think it was for us i think it was for adults like he yeah. wanted to make a raunchy uh like i don't know what it would have entailed outside of what already is in it that's that's not g-rated but like he definitely didn't i don't think he set out to make this i don't think he cares I don't think he did any of this for the children, you know. I think he wanted to make a funny, like, sex comedy or something. And then it's just like, oh, I guess we can't do that. So it's such a hard shift from R to G. Like, it's not R to PG or PG 13. Right. R to G. Like, (laughs) that, that he like lost completely. But that's like, they didn't even. So they had the meeting to change the change the movies like grade but right. like did they what what else do you think they changed like I, I think it was supposed to be more violent but it was still upsetting the whole movie's upsetting yeah but it's like it's upsetting kind of on the same level there's a couple scenes that are more upsetting well maybe i don't know i don't think it's that much more upsetting than like all dogs go to heaven you know like i think that's probably more upsetting than this was so i don't i think they did get it to a point where it's like yeah, there's some some stuff that's very not G rated, but like I don't think it's anything that's. Uh, out I just of the wonder how for for movies of this time. I wonder how much worse it got, or what the original storyline was, because I wonder. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they changed the whole story to fit the G, or right. if they just changed like a few scenes and took out stuff and like made it just like a little more flowy for kids. I bet it was because it's pretty short. It's pretty short. Uh, it felt. I didn't see the runtime. It was like an hour and a half. Okay, that's not short <laughs> for a children's movie. It felt short. It did feel short. Um, 
I don't know what they would take out. I think 20 minutes of that was credits, though, so we can say an hour 10. So I watched um, whatever that movie is called. I now forget what it's called. Back to School today, right? The Rodney Dangerfield's 86 comedy. Okay. Um, and <laughs> that movie is not out like it's not raunchy you know like there's parts of it that are that are obviously wouldn't fly in a kid's movie but like you could easily cut them out and not feel it you feel anything with the story you know okay like i don't think he's maybe someone he's of an era i think where you know it's like there are might be like like pg you know like, yeah, by today's standards, I doubt any of his comedy was raunchy. Exactly. So I think, like, in his mind, it's R, but I don't know if it's actually was that. It does. I don't know if it was that difficult. I don't know. What am I talking about? Because I'm sure um, in in Rover Dangerfield, anyway, like the the innuendo of "I'd never do it on a Christmas tree" was enough for him to be like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I got one past him. I got one past him." Right. I got him, boys. Yeah, that's um, that's true. So I don't maybe it was just a couple lines or some swears. And I don't know at what process. So I read something today and uh, I didn't write it down because I didn't know I was going to be talking about it. So chalk this up to me, like once again, not knowing who to credit the things that I'm talking about. Um, these these jokes are landing today, I can tell. <laughs> uh. So anyway, I read an article today. I'll send it to you so you can put it in the the link there. But they were talking about how Caddyshack 2 was in production at this time. This is an article by Mark Harrison and Film Studies. And he's talking about um, how the movie, so Caddyshack 2 was being filmed. Um, Harold Ramis and Rodney Dangerfield were tied to both of these through Warner Brothers. And they didn't neither of them really wanted to make a caddyshack 2 you know i don't think anybody i didn't know there was a caddyshack 2 yeah it's not very good um and it was just kind of one of those things it's like well the first one was so successful let's just check out another one nobody really wanted to do it and i think rodney dangerfield pulled out of caddyshack 2 and warner brothers was mad so they kind of took out or the the i don't think this you know this has ever been proven, but the thought is that they kind of took it out on him uh, through this, like pulled it from theaters, didn't like get a very small release, sent it to home video, and then cut it down from kind of didn't let him have creative control over it, cut it down from R to G. So this is so like Rover Dangerfield could have been a masterpiece that we never saw. Exactly. Like if it was really, <laughs> if it was really his vision perhaps it, you know as much of anything that he's done as a masterpiece uh perhaps this could have been a masterpiece maybe this is his true calling was the animated dog movies we'll was there any was there any lore around how it came to be it was like was there a joke about him being a dog did he think of rover dangerfield first and then worked around that i I'll don't be a dog I don't know. I just like the little snippets I saw was just like, yeah, I had some dog stuff in the works. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it was anything more than that. I just think he thought it would be funny if he was a dog or it's like animation. I got to be an animal, you know? Yeah. What about a dog? It's, it's funny. If you say Rover Dangerfield, I I think it's popular. The movie's popular enough that like enough people know about it. I never like to be one of those people. I hate those TikToks mm-hmm. that are like, What's a movie that you can assure no one's ever heard of? I was like, there's no movie that no one's ever right. heard of. I'm sorry. Unless you because, made it yourself. Yeah. So, like, this is a fairly popular movie, but if people didn't know it and you said Rover Dangerfield, they would just think that you were stupid and were <laughs> confusing Right. The name. Yeah. Which I think every time I say it, I'm like, is it called that? Yeah. Like, yeah, it sounds like I'm just saying the name wrong. It's like earlier when I kept calling Henry Winkler, Henry Finkler. And I kept saying it, and the, uh-huh. the the person I was talking to just kept nodding. Right. And I was like, we both don't know. We both don't know Henry Winkler. That person was like, is it Henry Winkler? <laughs> like, is, is she right? stupid? Is she or stupid? Or am I stupid? 
<laughs> Are we both stupid? <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling all too well. So it's like Taylor yeah. Swift. Kill, what? Uh, Is that who you were talking to? All, no, she has a song called All Too Well. That's I, ten minutes long, Paul. Ten okay, minutes. I I think I knew that there was a song that was ten minutes long. It's about Jake Gyllenhaal. That should only be eight tops. <laughs> so I yeah. So Robert Dangerfield, uh, let's see, so he gets to the farm. The so there was a lot of scenes in this that I remembered. This that felt a lot to me like watching Rockadoodle again, where I was like, I remember that, but it was like very clearly, you know. Or the only things. I don't know. Let me let's see if we match up on what we remember. Okay. The only scenes that I remember, if you told me like before I watched it again, what do you mm-hmm. remember about Ranger Danger Rover Dangerfield? Mm-hmm. I would say I remember the sack hitting the water when the boyfriend puts him in a bag and throws him in the Hoover Dam. Right. I remember that scene very clearly. And after that, I remember him getting fished out blacked out for most of the farm mo- parts of the movie i remember okay. the turkey i remember okay. him being blamed for killing the turkey i right. don't remember the assassination attempt that was very unsettling jesus christ dad um and then i at the very end i well i remember i'll never do it on a christmas tree and then i mm-hmm. remember him having puppies that look like him at the end and uh, that is the exact movie that i remember that's not a that's quite a bit that you remembered. Yeah. But I, I remembered that the opening scene with the rabbit running, or is that the opening scene where he gets to the farm? But it's at some point where they do that. Yeah, I so that's the very rabbit. beginning with the rabbit jumps. Yeah. And then I remember him getting uh caught up into that uh corn collecting machine, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> where what what are those called? Where it does seem like that thing is coming at him and he's dead, right? Like, that's uh, that that machine doesn't seem like he would make it out alive. But he comes out. I, mean, I remember like, him. Those like uh, farmer like claw looking things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those like yeah. grinders. But yeah. uh, he had a piece of corn in his mouth. I remember that. Um, he's a cartoon, Paul. That's how he made it out of the situation. Is what I mean. Now, I know, but for the most part, like with a cartoon, we're supposed to believe, too, that there's some stakes in this universe because things do die. And, okay, it cracks me up. Oh, continue what else you remember before we go back. Well, pretty much everything you said. Okay. Um, And then I just visually, it's like nothing, nothing surprised me, you know? I was like, I remember yeah. these locations. I remember this happening. I remember him looking like that. Like, there's characters I don't remember. Most mostly because none of the characters matter in this movie at all, except for exactly Rover. Like, none of them do anything or mean anything. Or I or... I remember Daisy, his love interest, but I did not remember any of those other dogs being there at all. And I remember I don't remember the hen or the rooster, but I remember the turkey. I think that, she was just more memorable as a little character. The hen was hilarious. She was funny. That's so funny. Um, Tress McNeil. And they both sound just like Agnes. I they do. I know it's her, but it's just like, it's funny that, that she used just the both the voices for both those characters in the movie. Yeah, I know. It's just like, I'm not <laughs> going to try very hard. That's the thing. It doesn't matter. Like, it's yeah. so funny. That whole scene. I remember just kind of watching. It's like, did I miss something? <laughs> like, why? Why is this happening? But I enjoyed it. Um, that's again where it becomes like a complete cartoon for a while. Like all those characters were looked like cartoons. Like she had a big, broad chest, and he was a little wimpy guy, and and Rodney so, was there. Basically, this hen is she's this big fat hen. Rover is screaming at this little, like tiny rooster that is right. crowing. Um, and he's mad that he's crowing and then his wife comes out to yell at Rover for yelling (laughs) at her husband her husband's just got this big stupid goofy look on his face Mm -hmm. and she's yelling just like Agnes from Simpsons so it's very I forget what does she say I don't know know now I just keep thinking I dagger through my heart (laughs) I know she doesn't say that but (laughs) that's how she was yelling She's like mocking her husband and Rover at the same time, but then it, Rover says something about the guy, like the the rooster, and then she's on his side all of yeah, a sudden. It's very that was funny. Really nice and funny. 
Yeah, I like that whole scene. I just wish the whole movie was like that. that could... I know. She she should have led the movie here. That should have been where it switched from Rover to the hen. The hen steals the show. But it's but like... what I was going to say about Rover first getting to the farm, yeah. it cracks me up that the... So Danny's the little boy that, uh, for whatever reason, is drawn to the horrifyingness of Rover. Yeah, loves Rover. He's like, Rover, oh my god, this is the best dog I've ever seen. Rover's like, oh my god, Danny. So Danny, how are you doing? I'll just abandon you as soon as I can. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Danny gets this new dog. And the dad's line when he gets him is, it could have ended before this second line. But he says, um... You can take the dog, but as soon as he makes any trouble, he's mm-hmm. going to the pound. And that could have been the end of what he said to his son. Yeah, yeah. But he, for whatever God knows what reason is, and if no one gets him from there, they will put him down. Yeah, it's like he's he, like, okay, dad, what the fuck? Like, why did he have to say, like, did the son not, is this the first the son is learning that that's how that works? <laughs> because, like, you could just say, like, they're going to go there, and then the son's like, oh, shit. Like, I know what that means. But you isn't that to enough to, right. just to say we're going to take him to the pound? That's already taking the dog away from the kid. Right. The kid doesn't have to know what happens to the dog after that. It's not like they're, the punishment was already made. It's not right. like I'm taking the dog. Dog also might die if he can't find a family after that. But they're going to try to let him have a family first for maybe two weeks, sir. And then That's... after that, they're probably going to, like, stab the dog in the heart. Right. They're probably going to go. probably your fault, Danny. <laughs> because you couldn't get him to behave. <laughs> yeah, he immediately says that. And he is so ready to shoot this dog, like, eight oh, times. That, do- that dad <laughs> wants that dog dead so yeah. bad. Like, as soon as he sees Rover... He hates that dog. He hates him so much. He's the only human being in any Rodney Dangerfield. There's always one that just like absolutely hates him. Uh, in a very passive way where he's like, all right, as soon yeah. as he crosses me, though, I'm going to kill this dog. Yeah. He's not mad. At, he's just like, I've got, yeah, if I catch him, I'm going to shoot him. And that's, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, he was so ready. Like, he had no idea what the dog was capable of. They sucked him up into that corn machine we were speaking of earlier (laughs) that I'm sure has a name that we should probably know, being from the corn, born in the the corn. corn. Well, you Um, even worked with the corn. I ain't worked with the corn. I didn't detassel. You were a detasseler. I didn't do no detasseling. No. Okay, sorry. Nope, never did. Uh, I didn't detassel either. We We were too young and scared. Yeah, we weaklings. We were too weak to detassel. They wouldn't send us out to detassel. <laughs> we did the needlework at home. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So anyway, uh, Rover Dangerfield. I and I know we we talked about this a little bit earlier off the podcast, but I think this is very true. This whole movie is very one note, and like you said, mm-hmm. all these characters come in. And then they don't get a voice at all, even the funny ones. Like, they come in for, like, a brief mm-hmm. second, but it's still Rover's show. And we talked about how that's pretty much just a a stand-up comedian's thing when they're trying yeah. to do <clears throat> any kind of project. I think stand-up comedians have a real issue not using their voice for every character. Well, so, like, I think that's why uh, John Mulaney's show failed, because you can really tell. I watched maybe two episodes of that show. All the writing, it was funny, but it was mm-hmm. all John Mulaney. All the characters were saying John Mulaney lines to John Mulaney yeah. about John Mulaney. And this is kind of what Rover did, or Rodney did in this uh, Rover movie, where all the characters were there to laugh at Ro- Rover's jokes right. or be mad at Rover. Like, no he character was... had no character had their own voice. Yeah, he, everybody revolved around him. I would say it's not even that the other characters have his voice it's just that they're just yeah they're just there to be like what like how's rover doing or i can't believe rover's doing this like everything is about where he's at what he's doing like all of his friends those dog friends i couldn't tell you a name of a single one of them all they did raffles sorry and then uh fraser and niles but all (laughs) they did was just 
just talk about how like great he was or like where's rover or like when they thought he it, was dead it's at just the like end, it would like, be like if homer's pitch got for poochie got actually made into a movie i kept trying wanting to say that like where's rover like that's exactly <laughs> what it is like the whole time they're just like like ever and then his love interest daisy she literally like he sings one song it's pretty creepy she's trying to get away from him and then she's immediately in love with him Um, what makes even less sense about that is that there's five other eligible dogs in this yeah for daisy daisy was just single walking around there's at least two hot dogs yeah there's there's five dogs altogether two of these dogs are eligible bachelors yeah daisy didn't kick it with it on none of these dogs and she waited for fucking rover i thought it was a little rude too that the the sheep dog um back on rover's farm (laughs) that's what you're saying okay so his name is raffles his name's raffles like okay so raffles is that's what you're saying (laughs) So that he's from the Daisy's from the the farm next door, correct. And uh, Raffles <laughs> is like, oh yeah, that's Daisy. She's from the dog next door. And like Rodney's not like, oh, are you interested? Like he's just like, oh, I'm gonna date her now. Yeah. Like he doesn't care. He comes She's in. He's single and in, waiting for Rover. Bumbles into the situation. It's just like everything is mine. Everything <laughs> exists because like. It uh, to serve me or to react to me in some way, and that's that's all like that's how this other movie Back to School was too. It's just like he comes in, he's the life of the party, he saves the day at the end. Like barely anybody gets a chance to be part of the story, even if they try. Like his little dumb psychic doesn't do anything except for be like, oh poor Rover. Oh. And then, yeah, the whole time that Rover was gone, Eddie was just wondering where Rover was. Yeah. That's and they it. didn't do it. They didn't do anything to find him either. I think it's funny that, um, so we'll get to this in a second because it's the like natural progression of the story. But like, um, I thought it was really funny that Rover was also immediately better at herding the sheep than the actual sheep dog mm-hmm. too. It's just like, okay, fine. You just take everything. Take, I feel like Raffles should have just been should just flip the hell out about this. Yeah, you come to my <laughs> farm, you take my woman. You're better at the sheep than I am. You son of a bitch. Well, he got him stuck in a tree, so I think his his uh his way was a little too aggressive. But then later, uh, that was when he first started. But he got distracted uh, by Daisy, and then he came back, and then he was better at it. Remember? Yeah. And Raffles couldn't keep up. Because Rover was so fast and so good at it. Yeah, like immediately. Like, yeah, he's good at everyone. Everybody you loves him or you're the worst person in the world and you don't like him. And you don't like, like him the dad. because the dad or Rocky. Like, those two characters are just like, they exist to be the most hateable characters that are just like there so that you can like Rover even more. And he's a, like, Rover's a jerk. Um, he is. He's not even good to the people that he, he's supposed to be good to. No. Like Daisy. Yeah, he immediately, so, I don't know what happened. So, somehow he found out, like, Connie was looking for him or something, right? Okay, and... I was going to get to that, because let, let's, because uh, that's what I almost said, too. But let's do the natural progression of the story. So, the next character that we meet is the turkey. Yeah. She comes out of nowhere and she's she has a giant egg that she's carrying around. They all make a bunch of jokes that she's going to be dead before Christmas because yeah. she's there to be the uh, Thanksgiving turkey, apparently. Right. Um, so she's walking around with her egg. She's also hilarious. Uh, she's the, she's also uh, Tress McNeil. Uh, so she she's very distrusting of all the hens. All the hens are making fun of her. <laughs> uh, Rover makes fun of her. Uh, she's walking around. And then um, Rover's out there at the same time that all these coyotes come to the farm. Or wolves. They're wolves. The wolves come to the farm. They start messing with this turkey. Rover actually tries to protect her. And he uh, wrings her neck in the process, which is horrifying because we got to know this turkey as a human, basically. 
she comes in she has lines we have empathy for her because all the other characters say she's gonna die which is right sad. yeah and, and she, she she just wants to care for her little egg so right. all we've seen of her is just a mom that's like scared for her little egg and then suddenly she's dead yeah but the it's... farmer comes out the dad comes out right when rover's holding the turkey by the neck so he decides that rover murdered this turkey understandably because of what we've seen right the wolves are nowhere to be seen and then that's when the dad decides that he's going to like assassinate or uh get the execute i guess would be the word mm-hmm. execute rover and this is where we learned about the death penalty because the dad clearly says you took a life and now we will take your life yeah. that is fair <laughs> And I'm like, yes, that is fair. The dad I understand now. Not wait to shoot <laughs> this fucking dog. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say that was really, and it make it makes a little bit more sense as R rated, but I mean, I don't think it'd be easier to take, obviously, because it's not like we're children watching this now. But like, just the idea that this is supposed to be a kids' movie and seeing that because she does have lines and it's like just kind of a fun little scene, and we we saw the other fun little scene. That worked out with the yeah. chicken and the rooster. It was like, okay, this is just a kind of a comical little scene to build things. And then she's she's dead. It is not. It's I don't know. It's it's unsettling. It's um, like what they took out of Don Bluth's movie to not make it horrifying. Yeah, because they took out the scene where he bakes the skunk into the pie and eats it because it's horrifying to hear the the guy talking and then suddenly dead. So they left this scene in Rover Dangerfield. And uh, Mr. Mark Harrison, if it was his name that wrote that thing, was talking about, too, how, like, that was one of the things when they dropped it from R to G is, like, they were trying to kind of edit around this, but it's, like, <laughs> there's not really much you can do, like, to make that more palatable. So I they don't know, except for to cut it out, which maybe they should have done, just have it be, like, more of a... Like, if there's some compassion there, too, like, yeah, if Rover at least was like, no, oh, no, I didn't mean I know, but that. nobody cares. Like, he was just, like, trying to puppet her. Like, if that was one of the one of the ways to make that easier to take, like, that's the worst thing. I think it would have been better if he just, for a second, was like, oh, my God, she's dead. This is, this is sad. Yeah. Like, you could at least... Like, it was just like they were mocking her all the way to her death, pretty much. They told her she was going to die. She died. And then they're like, oh, look at me. I'm dead. Like, <laughs> that's, it. like it was not good. And then I wanted to say before I forget, too, that you called those the wolves coyotes. And I know why you did, because they're all like hillbillies and wolves are supposed to be dignified or at least they <laughs> usually are in animated things and i remember thinking that i was like are these supposed to be coyotes because they're all like oh, oh, i'm gonna get you there, yeah like, there's no rhyme or reason for any of the personalities of the dogs like like we kind of brushed over this but the dogs that we meet and only talk to for like two seconds of this entire movie mm-hmm. are duke the uh the big, big brown dog who had right. like two lines um and he's just like a big like oh boy he's supposed yeah. to be like the the father dog never right. gets to be in that role because we never talk to him again right. and then there's these two like sniffer dogs that like sound just like fraser and niles crane and it's to the point where i almost thought they were imitating them but they couldn't have been because fraser hadn't existed yet so right. these dogs really it felt i now i'm questioning if fraser watched this movie and was like <laughs> you know what Hated the entire thing. A lot of weird <laughs> execution stuff. But I love those two dogs. Dynamic. That's the they're dynamic supposed to be brothers. <laughs> for our show, Frasier. Niles, this is what's <laughs> going to make Frasier pop. He was sitting there. The fictional characters were watching <laughs> this movie on home video. So they weren't in the theater <laughs> at home. <laughs> decided that's who they wanted to be. Uh <laughs> It'd be funny if there was like a really long documentary where Kelsey Grammer is talking about how this came about. It's me and I, I'm just gonna call him Niles. Me and Niles were watching home video, and I'm like, yes, Rover could come and go, but these two sniffer dogs—that's what we want. 
That's what we need. <laughs> Even though we clearly already had this dynamic. And I've named <laughs> David Hyde Pierce Niles already. Uh, yeah, but it that's... didn't exist yet, Paul, because this came out. This was made in 1988 and it came out in 91. Mm-hmm. When did Frasier come out? 94? 95? Something like that. That, I mean, suspicious. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, somebody's got a lawsuit on their hands. These two dogs <laughs> had like three lines. And I know Kelsey listens to this, so he's going to be sweating bullets. Yeah, he's like, shit, this is going to get out. This is it for me. I got to get this podcast taken down. Nice. Uh, nice. Shut Come down, quick. neighbor's trash. <laughs> <laughs> right out. Yeah, I don't think anybody, any posh people have ever spoken dialogue together before. <laughs> Um, so I guess I don't know what else to say. Oh, yes, I, I wanted so continuing from there. The dog, try, the dad tries to execute Rover. It's a really sad scene. I guess it's very hor. It's it's unsettling. I wouldn't even say I wouldn't say horrifying or scary. It's yeah. unsettling because he takes Rover on a leash. This is the most dog Rover's ever looked. It is, yeah. And he's walking him like a mile and a half away from the house because i don't know is he just gonna shoot him in the head and then um leave his body there to like he's like i just wanted to be far away enough that the boy won't find it i don't know what his plan was so the dad the dad takes him all the way out there prepares to shoot him Uh rover's whimpering and is all sad and then that's when yes i'll let you continue because i keep talking Oh, that, <laughs> I was enjoying it. Your recap. Oh. Okay, and then that's when the wolves attack the dad. Finally, Rover has a purpose. Rover yeah. has something he can do for the dad. Right. Will make the dad see him as more than a piece of shit. Right. Right. <laughs> so Rover takes out one. Of, he takes out one of the wolves, pushes him down. And then the wolves decide to abandon the dad and run after Rover. Right. Doing their hillbilly talk the whole way. Uh, Rover gets all the other dogs together. They get the dad back to the house. Rover is crowned a hero. And then that's Mm -hmm. where uh, what you were about to talk about earlier kind of comes back. Because that's when Connie and Eddie see him. Because he gets uh, spread in the newspaper about being a hero Uh... for saving the dad's life. Dang, I must have just not paid attention to that moment at all. But <laughs> And then that's... that's when Connie's like, that's my dog. And so she calls up and she's like, that's my dog in the paper. And they immediately believe her because this was before crazy people would be like, I want that do- I want that hero dog and I'll just right. pretend it's mine. That's before crazy people. <laughs> yeah, that's, yes, this predates <laughs> Frasier and crazy people. Um, I... Yeah, so Con- that's how Connie comes back, and then, and then immediately, this is I thought was pretty rough on the part of Rover. So Daisy is there, um, they're all celebrating, and then Connie's like, "Come back home," and he's like, "Okay, I'm all, I'm, <laughs> I'm headed out. See you, everybody." And then doesn't Daisy's even like, Wait, think what that Daisy might want to come or doesn't he'd ask. be sad to leave. Doesn't yeah. ask Daisy to come kind of forgets about her before she's like wait a minute what are you doing and then like comes back and and like doesn't really seem to even think about for a second asking her maybe potentially staying it's just like yeah that's how things work out sometimes see ya like that's it we know he's he's told daisy that he loved her they've clearly banged They've been together this whole time. They've looked at the stars together. Yeah, that's deep. Yeah. That's deep. I say cl- I say clearly, Ben, because when he comes back, they have puppies that he didn't know about. But you guys didn't know that yet. Um, but, like, that's... <laughs> you, you forgot about that scene? Um, it was only <laughs> in my version. <laughs> So, but yeah, and then it's funny too because this seems like just like a little like nothing blimp in the story too because like it's supposed mm-hmm. to be like this whole like climax where Connie comes back and takes the dog back and then Rover just sits sad at home for maybe 10, 
seconds and then she's right. like you want to go back to the farm don't you which is also suspicious does connie even like rover how long were they together right like i know they weren't dating but like how long were they like dog and woman <laughs> that's the best way to put it <laughs> uh <laughs> dog. yeah i think that rover and connie have issues they both have issues like Absolutely. they both they both think that they want something and they don't really think about think it all the way through you know because it's like the a only uh, i was just gonna say real quick the only good thing to come of that short time when he's home uh-huh. is that uh her boyfriend slips up and says you should be in a bag in the river oh or something yeah. along those lines Wait and then Connie's like hey, excuse me what and she breaks up with him and starts a new life so, Wait a minute! Didn't I take you after you <laughs> caught me doing some shady dealings? Take you and beat your conscious and throw you in the Hoover Dam in a bag? Wait, am I oops. remembering this completely incorrectly, <laughs> or did this whole thing happen? <laughs> you should be dead. Uh, that's enough for me. And then Connie's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! What?" <laughs> he goes, "Oh no, have I said too much?" <laughs> And then Rover beats the shit out of him. Rover murders Rocky. It's he falls down the stairs. I don't think he survived. Ooh, yeah, that was a tumble. He really does take a couple of hits down the stairs too. After getting attacked by like eight dogs, pretty big dogs too. Not like you know Rover and his small friend aren't very big, but his friends are quite large. So it's. He knocked him down the stairs, and yeah, there's a good chance he did not survive that fall. So R.I.P. Okay. Rocky. Um, because Connie's got a new life. What did he think the dog was gonna do? Like they can't talk. This is another thing I didn't like about this movie is that, like, you know, there's there's an understanding in these movies that the animals all talk to each other. They can't talk to the humans, right? We all understand right. that. We don't need to be told that. But this one, it, it was almost got to the point where it was unclear because there was a few times where it seemed like like Rover was kind of communicating with him. And then that specific scene where Rover and Little Dog catch Rocky doing whatever the hell he was doing. Um, they had their, their noses in. He pretends like, oh, no, like this is a big deal. Like what? They're going to go back and tell Connie <laughs> what? Their dog. Yeah, what are they going to do? Like he and they he reacted though as if that was a possibility. So like normally I don't even think twice about it because that's the rule and I understand it. But like this movie crossed that line, I think. From like that's funny. I didn't even think about that too much, and that was a big plot point. So it's like he did kill Rover because Rover saw this happen and ruined the deal for him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what was Rover gonna do? Right, bark Nothing. at Connie a lot. Like, yeah. as long as Rocky's not like, hey, they're barking because of the thing I did. And uh, that's, oh, I said it again. I told you everything. Like, <laughs> as long as he didn't do that, he was fine. Like, and like those guys ran off too. They were like, oh, it's, a, it's some dogs. Let's get out of here. <laughs> the, shade, the guy they were doing shady deals well, with. <laughs> I didn't know this until I was reading the synopsis, but they thought that he was a cop. They thought Rocky was a cop. They thought Rocky was a cop because that's why they ran. They thought there was like a police dog. They thought it was a setup. Oh, uh, so they so. thought that he was setting them up. And then uh, when I think Rover like dropped something, and they thought that that was someone else mm. besides the dog, and so that's why they all ran. Uh, but I literally did not pick up on that until I was reading the synopsis. I was like, oh, okay, so he's not allowed to do drug deals with these guys anymore because they think he's a cop. I and guess so. Well, no, because he was like, this is your last chance, Rocky. Like, they had worked together before. Yeah, but right? uh, he, people can be undercover cops for several years. Paul. Why would you say that, though, if you thought the guy was an undercover cop? <laughs> like, well, Paul, you don't understand this movie like I do. Okay, okay. Clearly, Clearly. I don't. Clearly, it I makes, don't. There's a lot of plot holes that make no sense in this movie. I guess it doesn't really matter, except that this movie was pretty bad. All the songs were sung by Rodney Dangerfield. Nobody else got a chance. I think Daisy, like, maybe had some harmonies or a part in one of the songs, but 
They were all Rodney's songs. Um, Never Do It on a Christmas Tree is like, doesn't really make any sense. He was clearly going to piss on a Christmas tree. And I know, he had his like, little leg lift. He had his leg up and is ready to pee. And she's like, and what are you doing? Goes, Rover, like, it's a Christmas tree. He goes, oh no, you got me all wrong. <laughs> Like, I guess that would make sense if it were a Christmas movie, but like, <laughs> it just kind of came out of nowhere and didn't really matter. Um, and what are we supposed to think now after that song? He, he's a liar. He clearly was about to pee on a Christmas tree. And That's when we learned done it before. that Rover was a liar. <laughs> I think, I think maybe he was <laughs> a liar, uh, much like his character in uh, Back to School. He didn't lie a lot, but he lied two people. And then he kind of was like, yeah, like we knew he was lying. So we, we were in on it. Well, at the same time, he was lying to people where we were like, you know, if you're going to lie to someone, lie to that guy, you know. This movie also wraps up very quickly because he's with Connie for what, the 10 seconds he's with Connie. Right. Kills Rocky. Connie, Connie gets a new life. Um, and then uh, he comes, she is just kind of like, You want to go back to the farm, don't right. you? And he's like, Yes, and then she just <laughs> yes. takes him back to the farm, and then he's reunited with Daisy, who I think is upset for a second, right? Hmm, is she upset briefly? I, I don't briefly remember. She was like, I don't know, I feel like they should have come back, she should have been with Raffles. Raffles should have been oh. like, Get out of here, Rover. If this, it, I, I feel like it tied up way too quickly. She, because she was just kind of like, okay, and then he insinuated that he was gonna go take her in the barn, very, uh, subtly to the other dogs. But right. then when they got to the barn, that's when we saw all the puppies that they had. Right. That he just found out about that looked just like him. One of them should have looked like Ruffles. Raffles. Raffles. <laughs> uh, yeah. What's this so, dog doing here? So I'm he left. Two days. I'm gonna respect. <laughs> <laughs> someone had to drop that one um yeah it, it that's the thing it's like and i couldn't if you would have uh, asked me without knowing what the what, how long this movie was i would have said like like maybe like an hour and 15 minutes like, i mean it technically was because it was an hour and a half but um i think it like ended at like an hour 15 then the rest of it was literally credits because they had like those cartoons over the credits there's 15 minutes of credits? I believe so, Paul. Jesus. So, yeah, I guess then it wasn't a very long movie. And it didn't feel bad. like it. And uh, not a whole lot happened. It looked nice, you know. I believe that this animation company uh, also made the Brave Little Toaster. What? Really? Uh, or at least... Now, it. that's a film. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Hartman at his scariest, I do believe. Wow. I have to watch it again. I have not seen it since I was a child. Yeah, that I think that's the first time I was like, I I'm trying to think of if he, I've ever heard him do that voice before that movie. Because mm. like I've never heard him do it on Simpsons, but it's a very it was because he was doing a uh Jack Nicholson impression. Mm. But he was also mur like a murderous air conditioner. Mm -hmm. And he was like doing like this like weird drawl, and it was very scary. Huh. Congrats to Phil Hartman for congrats to Phil Hartman for just like being someone who can, yeah. It, he's got like the two voices he does, and I'm just like, I believe it. Like <laughs> that's I believe all these people are different characters. I believe it. I know um, he's like uh, H. John Benjamin that way, where he can just use that voice, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, it does it's a not good matter. voice. Yeah, and it's like, I don't care that that man that's selling people monorail sounds exactly like uh, Troy McClure. They're like, that's fine. It's a different man. It's a different, different man. Goals, <laughs> different goals, different responsibilities. Uh, and there you have it. That's Rover Dangerfield for you. I I, we watched this a lot as kids. Um, I feel like it was up It was up there with Rockadoodle and Brave Little Toaster. Sure. I do think so because I do remember a lot about it. Nothing, again, nothing surprising. You know, sometimes you watch a movie you've seen and you're like, I couldn't have told you anything that happened in this. I couldn't have told yeah. you the basic plot of this. This, I was like, pretty sure this is how it goes. I was mostly right. I wasn't surprised by anything. So we probably watched it quite a bit. 
It does seem like that thing that's like, oh, there's a new uh, animated movie out that just kind of came out of nowhere, you know? Um, yeah, and sometimes you're just sitting around thinking, why do I have all these opinions on the death penalty being right. really good? It's because I learned from Rover Dangerfield that if you take a life, your life gets taken. Right. That was it. That's, yeah, who would have guessed that's where it came from? So I was like, that's why. That's why. <laughs> now I know. Um. So I guess final thoughts. Are we on final thoughts? We are on final thoughts. It's a, it a pretty quick film. Quick synopsis. I think because so many characters didn't get a good showing of this movie, there's not much to talk about except for Rover himself, which there's is what we usually There's nothing get. to talk about except for Rover himself. Rover and himself. as I brought up several times on this show, I did watch Back to School today. Also Do started... you want an award? <laughs> yes. Thank you. Uh, but I did watch it today and it's similar except his son does get more of a story and the love interest at least there's some some peaks and valleys there you know like they actually kind of made her a, a, a human woman but he does do similar things where he just kind of comes through everybody loves the man except for the three people that don't but they're horrible people so it doesn't matter and throughout the whole movie, he's not really failing or learning lessons. Everybody learns that he was actually right all along and that he doesn't actually need to change anything. He was right. He's perfect. It's it's fine that he bribed um, the dean to get into the school and the guy that pointed that out that, hey, you know, maybe we should have given this spot to somebody, you know, a student that actually applied. Like, he's the bad guy. He gets dirt thrown on him, you know? It's funny you're saying that because I, I, Rover didn't learn any lessons and That's he got thing. everything he wanted. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's the same idea. It's just this thing where he bumbles into things. <clears throat> he He's great. The, you either know he's great or you have not yet learned that he's great or <laughs> you're, you're a bad, you're the villain of the movie. Like, there's no in between. And they like, should let every stand-up comedian write a script and then we just see what kind of characters that they come up with. Yeah. And so to get into their head. Because it's probably the most narcissistic job. It I think it is because they do often, like we said earlier, they do often write things as if the entire world is reacting to something that they're doing or is always affected by something they're doing or is like everybody orbits around them um so it's it's funny that seinfeld made it because seinfeld is still the same way because he you can tell he thinks that his character is great right and like you can tell that uh like he makes him a stand-up comedian and in the show as well he's very successful but it's not about jerry so like i think it was just having I don't know if it was just the better acting of the other characters or Larry mm -hmm. David in general that made that show what it was. But I feel like that show could have easily failed. I think so. For I the think the same it, reasons. Yeah. And it's like, I think Jerry just luckily was just such a bad actor that I think it was just like, no, you can't run the show by yourself. You know, yeah. like, I think that was a lot of luck. A lot of other people coming in, you know, actually fleshing things out and having good characters. But I think you're right. I think if it's up to these these sickos, Jerry's a big weirdo, you know. He's a little shit. Um, and, like, if it were up to him, then, yeah, I think it would be. And this is, like, this is not the worst example of this. I just think, like, um, I don't know. I, I wanted to say crashing. I don't know if that's a great example because – the Pete Holmes. Yeah, Pete Holmes. But I got the same feeling. I just got this feeling of like everything in the world exists around you, you know? I mean, he got everything he wanted in that show too. Like exactly. that whole show was about his dating life. He was like pulling all like these hot women. And you're like, really, Pete Holmes? Is that was that's what was going on in your early comedy days? And again, he's not at fault anywhere. He was right. No, he's a great guy. He was right to go out and and work those shitty club jobs while his wife was unhappy at home, 
and when she leaves him he was you know he's justified in all everything he does and it's like oh that's like it's not his fault he's out on his own you know it's his wife's fault like he had to do it like it's all no, all shit. he has to do and all they all have to do is say just a few self-deprecating things about themselves and then you're exactly. like oh yeah it's like i mean oh. that's rodney's whole thing self-deprecation but i don't think that he actually believes it no he doesn't believe it these guys think they're the, the shit the hot shit and uh they all do yeah and that's why they think like that their profession is just them being in the middle of a room and everybody else responding to them in some way. You've got the hated villains that everybody's going to turn on that, that are heckling you. You pull them out, you know, you know, make examples of them. And then you got everybody else that's just cheering. It's like, yeah, you're the best. You're the funniest guy in the room. That's all they do. Like that's all they get all the time. So of course they're going to yeah. write movies like this where it's like every, like, everybody else like his his poker club or the other dogs on the farm they're all just like hey how's it going oh and laugh at all his jokes everything he says is funny even though it's like that didn't make any sense <laughs> like and whatever i think it, it makes is. a huge difference from a like a a performer that's a writer and a performer that's a performer because like mm -hmm. i like i would take like conan o'brien for example like i believe his self-deprecation stuff I don't think I like. Hmm. I think that of course he's a famous man. He knows he's funny, right? But I do think that there's truth to what he says when he says that stuff. Sure. And I think it's way different than a performer performer, because like, like if you take Conan for example too, he was a writer forever. If you even like look at his Simpsons episodes, he's writing for a bunch of different voices. He's not. You're, it's mm -hmm. not always Conan. Right. But I think if we put someone else in that same position, that was a stand-up. It's not going to it's not going to be as good. And I always but, take Mindy mm -hmm. Kaling too, because I feel like she's got more stand-up energy than she does writer energy. Cause all her characters are the fucking same. Ooh, They're all her. I'm sorry. They're all her. <laughs> oh man. Well, folks, I suppose we should No, I'm kidding. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't seen a lot that she's done. I watched a little bit of the Mindy Kaling show. Just a bunch of little Mindy Kalings. It's just all running around. <laughs> yeah. And I, I there's a little bit of narcissism even in, in writing and stuff too, but I do think. Oh it, yeah, absolutely. It's uh yeah, it's definitely heightened with comedians for sure. Comedy what were you going to say before I said Mindy Kaling? <laughs> were you going to talk about how great Mindy Kaling was? Because that's how it say, sounded. She's really great. At now one that I really like is Mindy Kaling. <laughs> oh. Oh, here we go. But yeah, here it goes again. <laughs> be interesting to go through and, and watch some of these shows um, and see a theme with that because I do think there probably is one. And like, it's a little bit like Adam Sandler does it too with his movies, where again, he's always sort of like just a, a man child that goes out, you know, throughout the entire movie, like not really changing. At all. Oh yeah, he never learns a lesson in any of his movies. It's just other people coming around to seeing what Adam Sandler right. is about. Right. Every single one. One hundred percent. Like that's what these movies are. I'm not saying they're not fun and that I don't like them or anything. It's just that like that's what they are. Yeah. And that's exactly what this was. But I think it just felt What are a... you gonna give the goofy guy a chance? Come on. Right. <laughs> Come on. Which is like one other character, like one other character being at all fleshed out. I want to say too that um, that Robert Downey Jr. in Back to School is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> he must be. Is he really young? He's a young guy. Yeah. I know that he he started acting as a teen. Was he a teen? I don't know. He's probably like early twenties, but he okay, might be like eighteen, nineteen. It's hard to tell. Okay, I'm trying to think of what because he was in he was on one season of SNL in like the 80s, right? Yeah, and this is 86 that this movie came out, so I bet he All was. Right. I bet he was a young man. Funny. I don't know how old he is Funny. now, but roughly, you know. You thought he was cool. He's just really cool. Like I almost <laughs> think that he was not supposed to be cool, 
But then he just kept doing stuff in that role, and they're like, well, we'll change kind of what he does. That's <laughs> what I think happened, because he was so cool in this. It's unbelievable. He does, he, I gotta he, watch this, man. Oh, it's just just look up clips of him on YouTube. And, okay. And tell me. I'll type in Robert Downey Jr. plus cool. <laughs> plus cool guy. It's just uh, I'm gonna find your YouTube show where you just talk about Robert Downey Jr. being cool for hours and, on end. And this one specific uh, movie. I just I, I know that I talked about it in my last seven videos, but oh my God, this guy, God, he's cool. <laughs> I'm not saying that I think he's always cool, though he he's very charming. <laughs> he uh, charming. He's quite charming, in fact. You know, I think he could be a little too smug, like in the Iron Man movies. I don't enjoy that so much. Or when he like pops up in Spider Man, I'm just kind of like, all right, this guy. But just when he's like other stuff, you know, really just brings out the cool. Well, there you have it. Rover well, Dangerfield, Rodney Down Robert Downey Jr. is cool. Is cool. Check him out. Check out some YouTube. <laughs> clips of him in that movie back to school <laughs> beautiful <laughs> good night everybody bye i'll never do it on a christmas tree a christmas tree is safe from me oh what would santa think of me if i did it on a christmas tree i'll never do it on a christmas